problem. So our unforgiveness uh, doesn't go unchecked. But not only ours, but others as well. Other people that we come in contact with. Second Peter um, 3 verse, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. His promise. His promise is, is, is that life and that life everlasting. That great gift, that, that will that he's, that, he's, that he's pointed to us, that grace, that mercy, all of that. He's not slack in it. He's not like us. And I think a lot of times we, we try to humanize God, and that's just not what he is. We're made in his image. He's not made in ours. You know, we're trying to obtain the attributes of God. We're trying to obtain that mind and, and that heart and that spirit of God. But I think a lot of times in this world, in this day and time, we're trying to push that on him through our compromises, through our actions, through the things that we say that are, that shouldn't be. Our actions that we get involved in, the things that we do day to day and the things that we don't do. So remember, I mean, it's, it's God is not slack. He's not like us. Praise God. As some count slackness, but in his long suffering toward us, not willing that, that you should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now everybody's good about we should all, they didn't want any of us to perish. We're good, at, we're good at talking about his grace. We're good at talking about his mercy, that, that it's, it's above all things. Uh, we're good about talking about all these things when we're receiving. Right? And it's true. I mean, the, everything the Bible says is true. That by his grace we are saved. By his grace. By his mercy we didn't get what we deserved. I know there's lots of things going around, and it's easy to get hung up on on, on everything uh, that, that society throws at us and even a lot of times what the church uh, as a whole throws at us that, you know, no matter what, no matter what, um, he's always there, he, he keeps forgiving, he's long-suffering, and all these things are true. But we need to understand where our hearts are. We need to understand where our minds are. What are we thinking? Are we, are we trying to just go through life and do just enough to get in heaven. I mean, I've been teaching uh, the young folk for a long time now. And, uh, and a lot of them has gone on up to young adults. And you know, some of the, the questions that were asked long ago were still some of the same questions asked. Which are also some of the same questions asked of, of grown folk. The ones that are supposed to be mature in Christ. But even though I do this... I'm still saved, right? And there's truth in that. But at what point do we grow up? I mean, think about it. Think about, look at yourself in the mirror. Think about the things that you do today versus the things that you did when you were 16. If you're 16, think about the things that you do at 16 versus the things you did at 8. I mean, it's always a process. It's always a journey. It's always a battle. It's, it's always long-suffering. It takes patience. It takes prayer. It takes time. But we've got to understand that a lot of times our, our, our blessings are through our sufferings, right? We learn through our sufferings just like we learn through our blessings. I mean, how many of us look and teach off of our sufferings 
or we just teach off our blessing. I mean, a lot of times they're the same in one, right? But also remember that that same grace, that same mercy, that same love that God gave us, He gave us a way out. And it's real easy to get caught up in today's world. Well, if you were this, then this wouldn't happen. Well, if you would just do this, this wouldn't happen. You know, Cody made a point the other day. We was talking about some things, and he goes, well, you know, the church is there for, for sinners, right? Well, yeah. What happens when we stop letting sinners come in? But not only the church, but what happens when we don't give people a way back? I mean, think about it. You're not the judge. Right? But now, don't forget, we're also supposed to confess our sins one to another. Correct? At some point, you've got to share. But just remember next time somebody's sharing that you do your part. That you let them have that way back. Don't be the one that slams that door. Now, we're all called to, to hold each other accountable. And in this day and time, every time somebody gets offended, then you hear about it. But guess what? If you're not being offended, then maybe you're not hearing what God's got for you to hear. I mean, I get offended every time I read the Bible. Right? But I also get raised up. I also get encouraged. I also get motivated. If, if you're feeling uh, offended all the time, then obviously you're still, you're still drinking milk. I mean, we should be on meat by now. And you can tell I eat, I eat meat. I love meat. But no, really, I mean, it's, it's time. Don't be the one to hold that door shut. Be the one to open that door. Amen. Amen. Number truth. That's right. Whether we want to hear it or not, it's truth. It's good to see all of you this morning again. Good to, good to have everybody here. Hope you all come ready to, to receive this morning. I know that, that praise and worship we had, the songs we sang, I love each and every one of them. That, that uh, The song, The Same God, I listened to it. I've had it on my phone for months now, and I listen to it sometimes over and over. And it's just it's a beautiful song. He's the same God. We preached it here. He's the same God as he was today, yesterday, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. And so we're singing truth when we sing that song. He's the same God, you know, the God of David. And, you know, we don't have a Goliath, but we all got our own giants that we face every day. Mm, it's good. I'm telling you. you got to get in the Word of God and find this stuff out. Get in your relationship with Him. Let it grow deeper and stronger. And that's what we come here for. That's why we come here. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I don't know of any other announcements that wasn't in the bulletin right now. We we announced a slew of them last week, and we'll talk about them more as they get closer um, to those times. But um, but let's receive our offering. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> How many believe this is the day the Lord's made? And what does the rest of that verse say? I will rejoice. And be glad in it, right? I will rejoice. So I'm rejoicing today. I've rejoiced this morning.
I rejoiced yesterday and the day before. So we need to carry that rejoicing on over through every day of the week. Because every day that ends in why He created. Not just today, but every one of them. Um, as we pray this morning, uh, Roger Trembley called me and uh, said he had been sick since Friday evening. Don't know what's going on. Just hard to keep food down. And, and so we want to remember him in prayer. Um, my cousin Tim, he was here the first year. Um, him and his wife sat over here. And um, they're from Arkansas. But uh, Jane, she's not doing good. She's got some health issues or, you know, wanting prayer for us. We want to remember her in prayer this morning. Her name's Jane Carroll. And then uh, Bren and Brenda, their sister Mary, that's in South Carolina, is in the hospital this morning on a ventilator. And uh, we need to lift her up in prayer that God will work through that, work in that situation. And all these, because the same power of healing in each situation God can work through. It's the same God that will heal in each one of them. We need to pray for that. And, and Miss Susan Wallace, y'all remember her. Um, you know, her husband passed away last year. And, and so she just went with the other day, and I know a lot of you women got it in y'all's group message, but she, uh, her brother-in-law passed away in a car wreck. Was it Randall, right? Um, and so do what? Jimmy. Okay, so it wasn't the one that it was at the high. It was another one, right? Okay. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you later. I wasn't for sure. But Jimmy, and uh, we want to remember her family in prayer because she's dealing, she's not doing good with it, especially after losing her husband just a short time ago. So remember Susan Wallace this morning. So, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we just praise you and thank you for this time we've already had together this morning that your Holy Spirit has moved throughout and then, God, we know you're here. We know your presence is here. God, we, we, we prayed and we believed and, and we spoke over this, this service, these people in this service this morning already. And, God, we know that you're here and you're going to work through hearts and lives today. And people will be changed before they leave this place. God, because you know your power and your glory will shine and, and will go forth. And we thank you for that. God, we just ask and, and bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Roger Trimley for healing with him this morning where he's at at home. God, if you just touch him right now in the name of Jesus, be with, be with um, my cousin Jane out there in Arkansas. God, and these issues she's got going on in her body, God, we speak healing over her right now. God, if this fluid's gone, that the liver's acting right, and, and, and just and straighten up, and we thank you for it, God. We pray for, for Mary up in South Carolina, God, that you just touch right there in that hospital room where she's at. God, that you bring healing to her. We join our faith with theirs and know, Father, that you're working and moving in that whole situation. We thank you for it, Father. Pray for Susan Wallace and their family, God, that you just bring comfort and, 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 and strength to them right now, that they draw close to you during this time of loss and grief. God, that you, they just look to you right now. Holy Spirit, comfort them. We thank you for it. God, we just as we go on through the time of service this morning, God, that you just speak and, and use me as a vessel to speak your word this morning. God, we've already prayed and we still pray it again that it go out on fertile ground this morning, that everyone that's here will, will, will listen and receive and go away changed. And we thank you for that. Thank you for these offerings and these tithes right now in the name of Jesus. We just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Well, all right. Well, children can go to children's church this morning. <laughs> Amen. We are going to start talking this morning about a subject that's already been mentioned. Pat mentioned it about repentance. Um, we talk about it a lot, and that's prayer and the importance of prayer. I don't know if anybody else deals with it, and you don't have to raise your hand because I'll raise mine. That's fine. Does anybody ever struggle to pray as we need to? I think we all, at times, we fall into that in our life. And and, and it's not just because, most of the time it's just because we don't want to. It's selfish desires and ambitions that we don't want to pray. We don't want to go to God in prayer. And a lot of times it's because we want, we're trying to handle the situation ourselves, Knowing that it's not going to end in a good way. Because it never does when we do it ourselves. But, and we can blame it. And number one, the number one being or person, however you want to say it, that gets blamed for us not praying is the devil. Right? And we, we blame, and he does. There's a lot of things that he throws in our way to get our mind off where we need to be, and we don't pray as we need to. And then in other times, we'll, we'll blame our spouse. Because you ever been in, a, in an argument or, or a fight with your spouse? And knowing that you need to pray over that situation to where it doesn't happen and it'll calm down, but you don't want to because you've got to get the last word in? I've been there. Be there, and I'm there more than I need to a lot of times. I didn't hear no amen. She didn't say nothing. She's right there with me. But, so, you know, because we want to get that last word in. Again, taking care of ourselves. Instead of stopping, as we both we know we need to, as I need to as the man of the God, and, 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 and praying, hey, no, we need to stop this right now. We need to take this way. God, work in this situation. We don't do that because we get in our own selfish way and in desires. Our children get in our way of our prayer to where we don't pray as we need to for them or ourselves because we hold things against some other people. So we blame everybody else for our problems. We lay blame on them. It's their fault I'm this way. It's my parents' fault I'm like I am. That my dad didn't love me as I needed to. My mom didn't do this. She wasn't. We'll blame everybody and hold that over our life for years and years. And sure, those kind of things in childhood does do things to people's mental state. And Satan uses those and amplifies those in people's life to where they can't get over them. Okay? So it's real because sin in this world's real. But the only person that leaves it there is you. The only person that keeps me from praying as I need to, and I can blame everybody else around me, I can blame work, I can blame people at work, I can blame home, people at home, is me. That's the only one. And when I do that, then Satan goes, I can work with that. I can use that. And then, because when we do that, we open up a door. And we open up... And, and we got our feelings hurt by somebody and we're talking all this stuff and we just open that door a little more. And he just steps on in. And, and well, I'm a child of God. He shouldn't be there. Well, he shouldn't, but that's your fault also because you have opened that door to let him in and let his schemes and his tricks and his things he throws against you come in there in your way and then you don't pray. And then we fall into this. 
We pray for something. And we've, we've all, I've, I've done this. Prayed for it. Believed God for it and it didn't happen. Then doubt comes in, which is another way the devil, we can open the door for him. And the thought comes to us, well, prayer doesn't work for me, obviously. Obviously, God doesn't hear my prayer. Nobody's ever said that or thought that, whether you said it out loud. God doesn't hear me. It's me. God doesn't listen to me. Okay, I'm, I'll say amen. Look, I've read this all week, all right? So I know that I deal with it, whether you do or not. I am glad that I preach and get to preach to a lot of folks that don't deal with this. So if y'all got something to help me back, to help me, you know, y'all just spit it back up here, all right? I promise. So y'all ain't got to be quiet this morning. Y'all can participate. I'm not here to preach at you. I'm here to preach to you and preach the Word of God to you this morning, all right? And this is the Word He's given to me, and that's all that's been going over my spirit the past couple of weeks is prayer. Why? Because I know I need it in my life. Because I know the prayers that I prayed today, I need to pray tomorrow. And I need to pray the next day. Just because I, I pray for the Spirit of God to move in my life this morning, because I'm up here preaching the Word of God, I need the Spirit of God to move in my life tomorrow when I get up and go out to work. More today than more tomorrow than today, because I'm going into a world of filth and, and sin and darkness all around, and so I need His light shining through me. I need His light shining through me today, but I know I'm preaching to a group that, that, that I pray and believe that your life is right with God. So I'm preaching to a group of born-again believers this morning. And if I'm not, and if you're here and you're not saved, then I pray that the light of God shines through me and that you'll make that decision to change this morning. And, and so prayer is where it's got to start. It's got to start in prayer. Everything we do and every choice we make make has got to start in prayer it's important it's not just one of those things that we do well pastor prayed this morning you know it seems like we sometimes have a ritual daddy starts out prayer for praise and worship pat prays at the end well pastor's going to pray for this we leave it up to other people to pray for us and to do our prayer when we have the same ability to pray just as I do, as anybody else does, this born again child of God. You all have that right to pray. And so, but Satan does not want us to pray. He knows that when we pray, we'll start to realize who we are in Christ Jesus. When we pray. When we pray, we realize the power that we have through prayer and the authority that we have over him, over Satan himself. And we have that and this is not in the, in the Scriptures, but in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, we all know it says, Greater is He, Jesus, that's in me, than He, Satan, that's in the world. So if we have Jesus inside of us, working through us, we're praying to Him, we're believing and trusting in Him, then why we let the things of the world overcome our thoughts and our desires and our minds and our lusts and everything else? Because we let them. Say it again, we let them. I let them. Because I want those things to satisfy me more than I want my relationship with Jesus to satisfy me. And, and so, Satan, when he, when he sees us praying, when he knows we're earnestly praying as we need to, whether you're on your knees, whether you're physically in a closet, whether you're going down the road, whatever you're doing, and you're praying, he sees that and he's like, I can't work with that. That's not going to work. I'm going to have to try harder to get them not to pray. And the more we pray that we, we know, and I told Satan this morning walking through the sanctuary, 
You have no power and authority over the lives of everybody in here that hears this, that sees this, whatever. That's a child of God. You have no jurisdiction there. The only jurisdiction he has is what we let him have. Other than that, what's it? We, he shouldn't have none in our life. No rule or reign whatsoever. We shouldn't open ourselves up because of the power we have through prayer. But we seem we've lost that importance to pray as we need to. And I'm not calling anybody out. We've opened it up the past month, couple months, for intercessory prayer in the back. And I hope and pray that you don't wait till 940 to come here and pray. But when we meet back there, it's, it's a collective prayer that we pray together for God to move on hearts and lives, for this church service, for you in here this morning, that we pray for those things. But I hope and I hope my prayer is that you pray before you ever get here that God will use you and change you and open you up to be receptive to the Word of God. And and so, you know, that we, we have those times of prayer. We need those times of prayer in our life. You know, we want and we see you everybody's seen on social media the, the revivals that's been breaking out and the different and it all started with prayer. There's no revival that's ever started. And I say revival, a meeting to where people forget everything else but them and Jesus. And don't worry about nothing else going on in their life but what's going on now. And, and it all started with prayer. And we say we want revival, but are we ready to be uncomfortable for revival? Because if revival was to break out in this town and, and you say, well, I don't feel like I need revived. Well, I understand. And, and that's, I get what you're saying. I do. But we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own life. So if we don't start praying at home, if we don't start praying ourselves, then we're never going to see it break out out of our house because we're not praying ourselves. It's not starting at home. For me to have the Spirit of God pour out of me to others, it's got to start with me praying for me. And for you. And for you to see it, you just got to start with you praying for you and others around. You see how prayer works? You don't just, you don't just pray just for you. You pray for others. You pray for this person and that person and you pray for them. And, and as we do that and earnestly seek God through prayer, our relationship with God grows stronger. We grow deeper through Him and, and in Him. And we can see a corporate kind of prayer come together to where we can see the presence of God pour out like we never have before. And we try to base it on things that we've seen in the past and on videos and all this kind of stuff. But God said, I want to do a new thing. So to me, what He done 20 years ago is going to look different than what He's going to do now. And we don't know what that looks like. But it's still got to start with prayer. It's still got to start with us getting our lives in line with Christ and our will in line with His, not His will in line with us, to where we can see God work and move in our lives and His community and everything around us be changed. So that's where it's got to start. It's got to start in prayer. And then so Satan's going to do what he can to make us feel like we're not worthy enough to pray. He's going to bring up past. He's going to bring up present. He's going to bring up yesterday. He's going to bring up thoughts and, and temptations and all this kind of stuff to make you feel like that you're not good enough to pray that God's not going to hear you. And I've fallen into this. We'll spend hours, social media, YouTube, TV, whatever it is, and can't pray for 20 minutes. We're like His disciples. 
when he said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation in the garden. And then we'll get there and we'll fall asleep. Trust me, I, I, I struggle with it myself. We'll, we'll fall asleep and Jesus will come back. You couldn't even pray with me for an hour? No. Then we fall asleep again. Why? Because, and I'm not going to say we're not where we need to be with Christ. All right, nobody, You're not backslidden because you can't pray an hour straight. Okay? You're not. I'm not going to say that. And that's not what I'm getting at. But we need to get to the point to where we got the Spirit of God moving in, in us and working through us all the time. And the only way we're going to get there is through prayer, just as Jesus prayed. So the reality is, and we all know this, and we've all guilty of it, we don't pray a lot of times until something bad happens in our life. Until we get a report from the doctor. Until, you know, a close one, a loved one passes away. Until this happens or that happens or something's affecting us right now is when we need God right now. And then we, we once those things in, we don't pray as much because everything's better. But that should be a point to us. We know God worked in this situation and moved in it. And, and this situation was corrected because we prayed and didn't give up. We should keep praying. But in our lazy human self, we don't. Because we felt like we got through something like, all right, I'll leave God alone for a while. Let me tell you this. And remember this. You're not a burden to God. He created you, like Pat said, in His image and His likeness for His pleasure. So He wants you to talk to Him. Right? Not on Sundays, not just on Sundays, every day of the week. He wants to be in communication with you. You say, well, I don't hear God talk. Open up the Bible and there's 66 books where God's talking. There's, there's no way you can say you don't hear God talk when you can read it right there. You may not ever hear an audible voice from God, but you, I can promise you that the more time you spend in prayer and in the Word, and the more time that, that when something happens, you can, you can sense something in your life saying, I don't need to do that. Or this is the way I need to go. Or you'll have a Bible verse come up and you'll say, well, that just explains that right there. That's the voice of God working through you, okay, and speaking to you. But you're never going to know it if you don't spend time in prayer and don't read His Word. You're going to run through life and say, well, I guess God doesn't talk to me. I promise I'm not the only one that God talks to on a week-to-week basis. And the only reason He does that is because I spend time with Him. I got asked yesterday, how do I prepare for a message and know what to preach on? Can I tell this, Gabby? Are you listening? (laughs) So I told him, I said, I normally wait till Gabby messes up during the week and then just inspire off of that. But I was joking. I said, no, seriously, it takes prayer. I don't just open up. We're going to read right there this morning. And that's what we do. That's not what happens. I don't want that to happen. I could pick out any scripture in the Bible and just read through it, and we could discuss the scripture. But I don't believe that's what God has. I seek God and say, God, what would you have me to say to your people this morning? Where would it go? And, and sure, it's, there's times to where it's not easy, to where things don't come like they do in other weeks. And, I, and a lot of times, you know why? It's because it's me. So I get to hear this message, each message, and everyone that's preached and preached up here, you get to hear your message twice. You get to read it during the week, and then you get to say it on Sunday, so you get to hear it again. So you think, well, I don't want to hear it once. Well, I get to hear it twice. All right, so 
And I'm not just, and I don't, and things are not easy to preach a lot of times. Because you know people's not going to respond to where they need to because they don't want to get rid of things in their life. They don't want to move things out. They don't want to get uncomfortable. They, they just want to keep going the way they're going and hope it works out at the end. But that's not where I want to be. I want to be to where I can go to God no matter what. So don't misunderstand me. During the hard times, you should pray. And you should stand on the Word of God. If there's no other time that you do pray, especially those times, draw close to God. Because He said, you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you, right? So we need to draw nigh to God. We need to go and, and, and be in that presence of God when our, in our tough times in our life. But don't, don't slide away from that when things get easy. Stay in the presence of God through the easy times. And when those tough times come, it'll be easier going through the tough times than it was before. Because our, because our relationship with Him is stronger. Like I said, God doesn't get tired of hearing us from us. We're not a burden to Him. We're, we're not someone that He's like, oh my goodness, here they go again. You know, we all know those people. We see them coming. What do they want this time? They're not going to change. Let me guess. They want a blessing. They need money for rent. They need, they need this. They need healing again. They don't do that. He doesn't because He loves you, because He created you. We got discussion this week about cremation and whether I believed in it or not. And uh, one guy, he, he knew an older gentleman passed away and his sister cremated this man. And he said, he started telling me he don't believe in it. He said, I don't believe God wants us to burn. I was like, you know what? If people want to get cremated, so be it. If God can create man out of dust, and a woman out of the rib of man, and say, I created my likeness and my image, then I believe that if somebody gets cremated and their ashes are spread out over wherever, God can bring every one of them particles back together if He wants to. He's that powerful God. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, well, I just don't believe God wants us to burn. He created our body. He don't want us to burn it up. I said, then why do you do the things to your body and put things in your body that's going to eventually hurt it and do things to it that are not good, but yet you continue to do those things. If we're going to go that route with it, you should be in the best shape of your life, healthy every day, not eat or drink anything that's fattening, or, or nothing like that. You should be perfect. Well, I just don't believe it. I said, that's fine. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we've got to be buried six feet deep facing the east either, does it? But that's what we do. So, we can look at all those other things. And... and you know, find everything in the world to disagree on instead of believing on the name of Jesus and looking at what the Bible does say about things. Looking what the Bible does say about prayer and coming to Him in prayer and believing God in prayer. Our, our text is out of uh, Philippians chapter 4. I ain't even read it yet. Got me wound up this service this morning. It's good already, I'm telling you. Philippians 4, 6, and we've read this here a lot. We're going to read it again. Because guess what? There's nothing being added to the Word of God, right? We've read the same things for thousands of years, and we're going to keep reading them. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Your request. You know, we talked a few weeks ago, about praying to God. 
and about unforgiveness. And we're going to read more of that in a minute. But let our requests be made known to God with prayer and supplication. And earnest prayer and supplication. Go unto God every day. If, if you've got problems with something today in your life, you pray for that today. If you, tomorrow you get up and those same problems still attacking your mind, you pray then. You're letting your request be made known to God. I had some, I remember somebody told me one time that, you know, I believe I pray for it once and that's good enough. True, God doesn't forget that, that we need that in our life. But it's still bothering us every day, right? And we don't go to God begging on our knees. God, would you please just do this? Beg and beg and beg and people do that. We're not begging God for anything. He said, let your request be made known to God. So if you need help in your life, you pray for it today. You pray for it every time it comes up. Tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Why? Because we just got through teaching a series on faith. Because as we pray and stand on the Word of God, then our faith grows because we're the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to keep praying for it until we do see God work and move in our life. And, and, and you know, this can get into an area to where we pray for things, but if we don't watch it, it turns into selfish things that we want for our own life. So we have to be careful of that as we pray. That, that what we're praying, sure, don't, don't think it's selfish to pray for healing. Don't think it's selfish to pray for, for something that, that's going to glorify God through your prayer, okay? That's not selfish prayer. God, I want my children to be in church. I want my children to be right with God. I want my spouse. I want this person. I need healing in my life. That's not a selfish prayer. Because that's the Word of God and we pray for those things, okay? And, and so, don't, don't think that. That's not selfish. But in James chapter 4 and verse 3. James is talking to a group that, that is having quarrels and problems and different things going on. And only verse 3 is up there. Let me read 1 and 2. He said, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they, do they come from your desires? For pleasures that war in your members. You lust and do not have. You murder and covenant and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Okay, that, that should be good. All these things we should still ask. He says, but, verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask things for your own lust and pleasures. He goes on and says that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So we ask God for things that are our own lust, our own pleasures, our own desires, that has nothing to do with the will of God in our life. But we're going to ask for it. And then get mad at God when we don't get what we want. When our will's got to line up with His will. Just as Jesus' will lined up with God's will when He's on this earth. If Jesus' will didn't, then when he was tempted 40 days in the wilderness, he could have done all the things that Satan wanted him to do and never had another problem on this earth. But we would not have had a Savior either. So if the same one that lives in us that overcome all temptation done this, then when we pray, we've got to make sure that what we're praying is what we really need, not what we really want. Okay? And, and I don't want to confuse anybody. I want you to understand that as you pray, you pray to God for these things. But you also ask God, is, is what I'm praying for going to glorify your name? Okay? 
And it's like Brad talked about last week. Pray with, and God will grant things in our life to show us that we was doing it on our own power and our own merit. Okay, He'll allow things to happen. You say, why does He do that? Because we've all got to learn lessons. Brad talked about last week that job that he prayed for and prayed for and prayed for. And he got it. A couple of days into it, he said, why did I do? Then you had to ask for forgiveness, didn't you? Because you prayed for it on your own desires and on lust. Because it's what you wanted. And, and it's easy to get to that point and then justify ourselves, well, God wants me to have good things. And He does. He wants us to have nice things and good things. But we can get to a point to where it's our own lust. And we can give God glory for it, but it's, it wasn't of Him to begin with, but we try to force it to be of Him because we want it to be. Because that when we tell others, hey, God gave me this, and then six months later, I've... I've I've seen people recently on the, on the fake book. Call it fake because it's all fake. Because we'll post all our happy stuff and none of our sad stuff, okay? And so it's a fake book. And this, this particular person's had like 18 loves of their life in the past five years, I swear. <laughs> my best friend, my love of my life. Well, no, then they're not the love of your life now if, if this last one was or the 15 before then. It's the lust of your life at the moment. So I prayed to God that He give me this person in my life when a year later it's like, oh, they were the most horrible things around. Well, you prayed for it. Guess what you got what you prayed for? Like I said last week, you have buyer's remorse. We want it so bad in our own lust and desires. He said, here you go. Have at it. And then we're like, what did I do? Then we get to go to God for real. Say, God, forgive me. Like Pat's talking about repentance and repent. And, and let God work through that situation in our life, okay? And we've all been there. We've all had those things happen. But guess what? There's a way out. There's a way out, and that's through Jesus. So when we pray, we don't ask, we don't ask for things in our own lust to spend it on our own pleasures. Everything that we pray for needs to be in tune and in line with what God wants for us in our life. You say, well, how do I know what God wants for me? Get in the Word of God and find out. Listen to some good, solid preaching. You don't have to listen to me. There's tons of ministers out there and preachers that preach the Word of God, that preach healing, that preach the full gospel. And I listen to others during the week. I don't listen to myself. Why? Because I don't like hearing myself. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you're here. Not that I don't believe what I say. It's just, anyway, I don't know if you ever tried to have listen to a recording of yourself. All right, it's, You don't sound like you think you do, like I think I do. All right, where was we at? <clears throat> so, that's why we pray. We pray that God work in our life. We pray for these things to happen. We pray for to be in God's will in every way. And, and the, the one way we can come to know how to pray or what to pray, and our template, we all know, and we're going to talk about it in just a few minutes this morning, is what we all deem as the Lord's Prayer, right? Luke chapter 11. And verse 1. The disciples come to him after. He says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he, when he ceased and when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And we might all need to learn how to pray because one of our issues, especially as a new Christian, a new believer in Christ, somebody that, 
that has never prayed really before. Besides one of those prayers that when we know we're out in the world, God, if you get me through this, I'll never do this again. And then we didn't ever pray to Him again. Even though we got out of it. And then a lot of times we don't feel like we know how to pray. We don't pray adequately enough. I've heard people pray, Father God, and just all proper. I mean, you don't have to go to God like that. And I've heard others say, well, you know, since we're born-again believers, we can go to the throne and demand things because of what Hebrews says to come boldly before the throne of grace. We do that and then we lose that we're still talking to the Almighty Creator. We're still talking to Him and asking Him and coming for His presence and saying, God, I need this in my life. And we don't go to God because we do that, we lose the reverence and the fear that we should have for God in our life. We go to him like we would some of our friends and say, hey, I need you to do this now. And God's like, whoa, hold up. And I'm not saying we're getting punished when we do that, but God's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to work. You need some humility in your life. You need to be humble before me. As, as Moses did when he took off his shoes and said, you're standing on holy ground. Guess what? Are you in the presence of God? And we feel like we're here this morning. We're on holy ground this morning. Because God's here and His Holy Spirit's working and moving and touching people's lives and touching your life. And, and so, you know, we, we need to watch ourselves. And sure, we come boldly with our request before God, but we remember who He is and what He is and the great deity that He is and, and all the honor and glory and power and praise that comes from Him and goes to Him. We need to remember that as we pray. That we're not praying to me, we're not praying to another man, we're not praying to Jesus as a man. If you've ever watched Talladega Nights, you're not praying to baby Jesus, okay? And I have in a past life, all right, I promise. And that, that bothered me then. Anyway, you're not praying to the baby in a manger, you're praying to a risen Savior, so you're praying to and, and we're praying to Him. We're praying to God. We're, we're asking the Holy Spirit to move. You say, why am I praying? Because it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. Okay, God's on the throne. Jesus is at His right hand. Guess who He left here with us? The Holy Spirit. He said, if I don't go, then the Comforter can't come. The Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit's real and working and moving. So, Teach us to pray, and John, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. And we all should, most of us heard it. You say it, and the kids, you're in school. You tell me if they still do. You say it before every football game, right? In the locker room, do you all still say it? All right, cool. All right, so it's said a lot. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day, or this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So that we deem as the Lord's Prayer. But even Jesus, the man on this earth, so full of God that he couldn't see nothing else, everybody that, that saw him knew right off, if they really saw him, that he was a Messiah. But he was still man on this earth. He knew that when you go to God and pray, even when he prayed, that he, he, he reverenced who God was. With that fear, that holy fear and reverence of who God really is. And he said, hallowed be your name. Just how glorious is your name, God. When we go to God in prayer, we go to him praising him as we did this morning. We're praising God. Praise, praise and prayer move things in our life. 
get things out of our life, when we, when we do it as the Word of God says, and we're praying to Him and praising Him, hallowed be Your name. There's no other name besides God that is too worthy to be praised, that is higher than God. There's none there. Hallowed be Your name. Even Jesus, His own Son, who sat at the right hand of God, who was there with Him from the beginning of time, when man was created, said, You say to God, Hallowed be Your name. How, how awesome is Your name. How glorious is Your name. And, and it says, Your kingdom come. And we know that the kingdom of God is here, is real, and that we're, we're ambassadors of that. And we're to go out through all this world just as they did, um, spreading the gospel. And advancing the kingdom of God, right? We're, we know that. And then so, he goes on to say, this is where a lot of us, me included, fall into. Your will be done. What is God's will? His will is not our will a lot of times. His will, and even though it says, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. His will is not for us to have to do that in our life, but we're on this earth and we have to go through things. Just as the Spirit of God led Jesus into temptation in the wilderness for 40 days, I'm not saying God's leading you into bad things in your life. But since we live in a world that's ruled by Satan and by sin, and the perfectness of all that God created was ruined when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, bad things will happen in our life. And you say, well, how can God's will be shown through those bad things? How you respond to it? Whether you're going to lay down and just roll over and let Satan just trample you the rest of your life, or you're going to stand up no matter what's going on and rise up and say, I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, as we read a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to get over this, and I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to walk on knowing that, that God's, He's still Lord of my life. And, and nothing in this world can harm me because I know Jesus lives in here. So, so he said, your will be done. Your will. Jesus even had to say, your will. And as we read over in John, when, when, when he's in the garden, and he says, not my will, but your will be done. Your will. Jesus knew what was about to happen. But he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us daily, give us day by day our daily bread. I need this today. I don't believe you're here by chance today. You need the Word of God preached to you, and you need God in your life, okay? You need it every Sunday. You need to be here or in a church assembly that's preaching the true Word of God every time the doors are open. But you need God tomorrow. So what we preach today and what you hear today, you need to be hearing again tomorrow. You need to open the Word of God tomorrow because the bread for today, you need to renew tomorrow. And I, I don't remember if I said this. I know I told some people this that I heard it you know, back when the children of Israel were in, were in Egypt. or I'm sorry, in the wilderness. And God brought manna down. And He said, eat everything today. Because if you don't, it's going to spoil. So we need this today. Not that the Word of God is going to spoil tomorrow, but He, he provided for them new manna tomorrow. So He's providing you new manna today. He'll provide you new manna tomorrow and the next day and the next day when you accept and believe what God has for you, okay? It takes you to be doing this. I can't be there to preach to you every day. I can because we got it on social media all the time. Podcasts, whatever. You can find it. But you need the Word of God. You need to get in in yourself and read it. 
because you need bread day after day. You know you can never get obese on the Word of God? Never can. You can never take too much in. It's never going to kill you. You're never going to be on my 600-pound life by, by being spiritually fat. Okay? You never will. Now, you can eat physically. We know that. And you're going to gain weight. You're going to have these things happen in your life. And your body's going to expand. I know. We all deal with it. But we've been too long in the body of Christ, been on a diet. A spiritual diet from the Word of God. A spiritual diet in our relationship to fulfill our lustful in human flesh, our physical flesh. We need to get off the diet and our spiritual life and get fat on the Word of God. Because it's never going to get old. Never will. Never has and never will. So we need that day by day. Here we go. We talked about repentance. Forgive us our sins. That's good. Read that a couple weeks ago. And uh, and I think that scripture's up there, Cole. Pretty sure it is. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, we want to forgive our sins. God, forgive us of our sins. And that's where that repentance comes. We need to ask for forgiveness and repentance of our sins a lot. Okay? We need that. You need to ask every day, God, forgive me of my sins. Take things out of my life that don't need to be there. Put things in there that you want there that line up with your will. And remove these other things out that's going to distract me from praying and believing in you as I need to. Remove those things. That's how our prayer needs to be. And, and so, because, for we also forgive everyone who, who, who has sinned against us. You know, we read a couple weeks ago, Mark 11, 25 and 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Your trespasses, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. God, I need you to forgive me. You need to forgive others. Well, they keep hurting me every day. Guess what? We keep hurting God every day too, don't we? And He still forgives us. We still forgive them no matter how hard it is and how difficult it may seem. We forgive them. Because as John said in John chapter 3 and verse 30, it says, He must increase. I must decrease. God must increase in our life. The love of others, the love of God that, that is for others through us has got to increase in our life. We want to know how hate can stop in this world, how different things can stop and do all that when God increases and we decrease. When, when there's, when there's um, a big God, a big G God, and a little I, and a little me, that's when it's going to happen. That's when you're going to see change in your life, when you stop putting yourself above everything else and you stop being your own God and stop doing your own thing and let God show you what His will is in your life and you fall into that. Easy? No. Jesus' will. God's will for Jesus wasn't easy. God's will for Paul after he got saved wasn't easy. He told him beforehand, right after he got saved, you will die for my name. You will suffer for my name. But guess what? He'd done it. Because that was the will of God in his life. And that's what we needed, no matter how hard it seems, we need to do that. Forgive others. As hard as that is, and that's one of the hardest areas we deal with, is forgiving others as Jesus forgave us. I didn't say forget others. I didn't say forget what they've done. I said forgive them. You say, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. Well, good. 
It doesn't matter. He doesn't say you've got to forget everything that happened because guess what? The devil's not going to let you forget it. Every day he's going to bring it up. Forgive them. And guess what? Then you get to go to prayer and say, God, I know that I have forgiven them as you've forgiven me and I hold nothing else against them. And you've got to keep saying it. You've got to keep saying it. Until one day, that way when every time you see them, you know, I found in my own life, I say I forgive somebody. And then the moment I see them, it's like, I don't even want to talk to them and about all the bad things. Well, guess what? Then you haven't really forgiven them as you needed to. And that's where it gets tough. It's a constant prayer. Constant prayer. God, increase. Increase in me and let my little eye of me decrease. To where everybody don't just see Mark Carroll. They see a man of God as he needs to be. And that's what, that's what we need to be in our life. Is what God has called us to be. So we've got to forgive others. Remember this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Because he said, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. His plan wasn't for us to be tempted in this world from the start, okay? We know that. He created a perfect world. It wasn't for us to have to go through all this. But that we do. And Jesus is that deliver us from the evil one. Jesus is that one because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. First Corinthians chapter 10, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except which is common to man. So we all deal with the same things. Lust the flesh, lust the eyes, and the pride of life. We all deal with it. There's nobody that, that, is, that is just in a cave away from it. They all deal with it. He says, But God, but God, who is faithful, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. And I know sometimes I'm thinking, God, I don't feel like I'm able to be tempted this much. Okay? We've all been there. But with the temptation will we'll also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He didn't say make a way of escape, so take away from you and be and just gone in a blink of an eye. He said, no, that you will be able to bear it. And that way of escape is Jesus Christ. That way of escape is through Him. Through Jesus, the author and the finisher of our salvation, that's who that's taken away through. That's who our way of escape is through. And we can go to Him and say, God, Jesus, take this from me. I need help right now. Holy Spirit, help me through this time. Help me to speak the right words in this situation. I know I'm about to see this person i got problems with. God, I need your love to come, to come shine through me. I need help to know what to say. Or I'm going to say things that's not in line with your will. So, we all have those problems. We all have those struggles. But it's got to start with prayer. We've got to start on our knees in prayer. That, that, that uh, what the, the first scripture we read with all prayer and supplication, that prayer and supplication has to do with just, uh, just on our knees like in prayer. Saying, God, I need you right now. Because when you're on your knees, it's like raising our hands. We talked about it. It's a sign of surrender. The same thing, you're on your knees in prayer. It's a sign of physically surrendering to God. Say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to work and move. And I need things to change. But the only way you can start changing this morning is to know that you know that Jesus is Lord of your life. That you know that if you left this world today, that your next breath would be in heaven with Him. Or your next place you would be. So if you don't know that today, I pray today that you come to that knowledge of Him. That you, that you say, I'm tired of living for me. And I want to live for God. So y'all stand this morning.
got a little warm in here. hope you didn't get too comfortable. But my hope and my prayer and what I've prayed all week, what I pray every week, what I pray every Sunday morning walking through this sanctuary is that God would move in people's hearts and lives. That nobody leaves here like they came. That, that, that people's hearts and lives are changed because they want Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. They don't want to keep doing, living the struggles day by day on their own and not knowing what to do, not knowing how to do, but know how to go to God in prayer. Know how to pray. Know what to pray. Know when to pray. There's no wrong time to pray. You can't just say the perfect words all the time. But God knows. And it's something that we pray for our own lustful desires, our own things. And we pray these things to a God that knows all, that sees all, that is all, is all-powerful, all-knowing. And we try to convince God, the one that knows our heart completely and knows us completely, that what we're praying would be for His benefit, not our own. We try to deceive God. or I ain't saying deceive, but we try to convince Him. Like we do other people. Try to convince them that, that we're different in who we are. God knows us. God knows you. God knows where you are this morning in your life. So if you need prayer this morning for salvation, if you want to pray that, that, that you're back in that right relationship with Him, then come on and we'll pray. And we'll watch God work and move in your life.